This broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College. Welcome, Ding Tyler. You sounded good on that. I'm just happy I didn't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> we always joke because I have my radio co-hosts always say the beginning line about how Summit sponsors the show and they always get tongue twisted at time. Take, hey, take one. One take. It's awesome. So we had an episode last week and we are talking about the Strong Men's Conference that's coming up at Summit Bible College here in Bakersfield, California, August 12th. You can find out the information of that on the website at summitbiblecollege.com. At the top, you will see a little flyer of a man bowing. He looks like he's dressed like a knight. He looks like he's being knighted and it's super inspirational. We're so excited to have Nashawn lead this men's conference. And last episode was fantastic. Tyler is also an employee at the Bible College. I have both of them on still this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so Tyler came up with some really cool questions um, about men's health in a strong man. Um, so let's just like talk a little bit about that right now, Tyler, because I think you have some cool things to say. You're young, but it is your desire to get married at some point pretty soon. Yeah. So Nashawn and I are like old married people, <laughs> um, and we're over here like fighting in the trenches, you know, like living the living the dream, living the fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's good. Love. Is it's not a fight, but it's something worth fighting for, right? Yes, it is. Ooh, I Absolutely. Like I love that I like song. That. Um, but you're over here in this place in your life where you are planting seeds and preparing your future for marriage. Just a young goose. Just a young Just baby a goose <laughs> <laughs> preparing your life. And so you were raised in a Christian home. Share yes. a little bit about like your foundation. Oh, man. I mean, I solid. was... Yeah, solid. <laughs> um, I was born and raised like in a Christian home pretty much my entire life. Both my parents are followers of Christ. Um, when we talk about, like, a strong man, though, like, the first thing that comes to my head is, like, my dad. Because, like, we're about the same size, same build and everything, but he he is, like, the strongest dude I know. He will put every single person in his life before him just to... Not to appease, but to make sure everyone's taken care of, whether it be my sister, me, my mom, like he is, he's like the strongest man. So he's like an amazing person that I look up to like all the time. And so. That is so amazing. You know, Nashawn, you talked about that last broadcast too, how your dad has been such a good example to you in prayer and in his devotion and discipleship to Jesus and how when you had like your faith crisis, which Tyler had a faith crisis too, yeah, we talked which is a little bit wild because he's so young, but he had a faith <laughs> crisis when he was like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And how much of that like image um, of your father actually helps you in those moments of crisis. And it sounds like Nashawn and Tyler, both of you had fathers that you could look up to when you had your faith crisis. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it's, it's building you. Like if you're looking up to your dad, I mean, obviously he's doing something right, but then that means that your kids are going to look up to you if you're following his footsteps. And that's something that I'm like looking forward to. It's like, I know it, it's kind of a funny example, but there's funny things like uh, my girlfriend Allie. I'll walk up and I'll say, "Hey, beautiful," and I go up and like kind of like rub her back a little bit, and like this, my tone just kind of changes a little bit when I talk to her like that. And I've never thought about it; it's just what I do. And then one day we were sitting at dinner, and my dad walked up and said, "Hey, beautiful," and did that to my mom. And I looked at him and I'm like, "That's where I get that from." <laughs> like, I'll copy things that he does or the tone he uses. Or I'll do things that he does 
just because I want to be like him. I want to lead like he does. I want to put people first like he does. Because that's the definition, in my mind, of a strong man. Isn't it interesting how the, the traits just pass on? Yeah. I like look at my life and I, I find myself walking like him <laughs> and just, just making a lot of decisions. Yeah. Even, yeah, I mean, just every decision that I make, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, 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 I can tell that I was inspired yes. by my dad. Even even being a pastor of the church, you know, I would have never, I was def- never thought I would go, go into being a pastor. Um, but just, I was there with him. In fact, when his life started, when certain things, when the enemy started attacking his life, I was like right next to him. We would wake up in the morning and we would pray together. And in fact, we would come out from Los Angeles to Bakersfield together. Like we would, it would just be me and him. And I was able to like just watch how he did things. And I just, I'm so glad for that time because I don't think I would have been prepared just for life. And in fact, it makes me feel sorry for, uh, I mean, it's sad for a lot of men that you could see that never had an example of a father. You know, you could see that they didn't have any strong man in their life to be able to look up to and to, to watch. And you could yeah. literally see how their life is, is playing out because they didn't have that strong influence. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that God is raising up a, like a generation of, of men, even to take on the burden of other men. I feel like that's yeah. the next step for me as a man of God is to... I do have my children, you know, my own children, but I'm starting to look out beyond myself and to be able to help other people and recognize, even after definitely graduating, there's been something that clicked that says, hey, you have something good on the inside of you for other people. You know, it's really a deception when you're in this world to think that you're, you know, some of our mothers and fathers, they call us good for nothing. They say like, you're not about anything. And we, as just human beings, as people, we receive that and we start to act it out. But just to know that in Christ, that he's put something good on the inside of you. And what is that goodness? His spirit is on the inside of you. It's so good to have the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. And that's what you're able to give to the, the world and to people that need it. You know, Mothers and fathers are talked about in scripture. And when you said you literally completed my thought, because I was thinking about how you spoke for a moment to those who don't have fathers. And I was going to ask, I was going to bring that up and you went there. And the reality is, is many, many don't. And, but here's the amazing thing. You spoke on it as well. Just to reiterate what you said, the Lord has birthed, like mothers and fathers in the church. Like there are mothers and fathers in the church. You can find a mother and a father. Like he is not going to hide them for you from you. You can find them. You could find people to love you. God, if you pray specifically, Lord, I want a spiritual mother. I want a spiritual father. I want someone to love me. Like I so believe radically that God desires to do that, that he will do that. He has done that for me. He did that for me and Dr. Victor, you know, because the truth is, is that part of being a, in the body of Christ means we have to be brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. We have to be family. We have to have family attributes within our relationships in the body of Christ. You know, like Tyler, he doesn't need a mother. He already has a mother. Tyler in the studio here, the young man that was just speaking, I'm like a sister to him. He's like a brother to me, you know, and even you and I, Nashawn, there's like a brother sister relationship, you know, but for some of the older people, like even at the college, like Sherry, your grandma, yeah. she's has a motherly anointing on her. And even though, um, I feel like she's really young, <laughs> you know, cause she acts <laughs> young. She looks young. She, I have allowed that 
presence in my life, like her to have that motherly love over me. And it's benefited me a lot, you know? And so all of that to say, like, I think that we need to recognize that the Lord does want to fill those voids. Like he wants to fill those, those gaps in our life where we feel like we didn't have like leadership. Um, we didn't feel like we had a covering. We didn't feel like we felt safe. Um, God wants that for us. So Tyler, you had some other things too about like being a healthy man. Oh yeah. There's plenty of things that like you really need to do to take care of your health. And I think the biggest one is having a good foundation. And we talked about foundation a little bit, but I mean like for yourself, it's like you can't do things alone. There's, and that, that literally anything in the world, like you need help. You're not going to go through life just winging it by yourself. And there's plenty of things. There's so many things in the world that like men struggle with. Like pornography is a huge one. And like, I'm going to be honest and a little like deep here, but that's something I struggled with for a very, very long time. Being honest? Being what? No, like pornography. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you said if, if I'm being honest and I thought you were saying, (laughs) (laughs) no, you're good. Pornography. That's real. Most men that I, most men do struggle with that. Yeah. It's a huge struggle. And I really thought, I mean, since what, sixth grade, that was like a huge part not a huge part of what I did but I got into it in 6th grade and it was a struggle and I was like I'll just stop when I want to stop I can do it on my own I can stop when I want to stop I can do it on my own and that is not how that works whatsoever so how do you speak to people who are struggling to like did you get help did you have a support group yeah well (laughs) multiple multiple times I've talked to people about it and then said yeah man like I need this help I need this help and then two weeks later back on it don't care I just dismiss it dismiss it dismiss it but it got to the point where I could tell it was affecting me in different ways. And even like my relationship with Allie. Your and girlfriend. So, yeah, my girlfriend Allie. And so I sat down with her and I was like, hey, I'm going to be honest. Like, I have this problem and I, this is very, very difficult for me. Like, I hate talking to you about it, and it I, but I need to tell you because I need support. Like, I need you to like help me Pray out. Pray for me, yeah. Yeah, but I'm even that wasn't enough. Like (laughs) no matter what, like I did, it felt like I could just not get out of that. So then I went to one of my best friends who I won't say their name, but I went to him and I was like, Ben, I need your help too. Like I'm, I'm in this. And we, we came up with a, a little system and that's like finally started working. And it was so nice that it started working, but so you had accountability yeah, well, from another Christian? Yes, yes. Well, m- multiple. But that kind of goes to my point. It's like you cannot do things on your own. You will fail. If you try to keep the weight of the world on your shoulders, you will fail. It's like you need a big, strong base. If you have multiple people to help you up, like move that base. That's great. <laughs> so That's why I do like the family at Summit. Because oh, I yes. felt like I was kind of yes. going through things all by myself. And I didn't even recognize it because you, you know, it's like you get so used to being alone, you know, in, in a lot of different areas. And some it really surprised, uh, you know, really provided a support system for me to be able to have other people to communicate and have other men that, that are kind of around. Dr. Victor has been I was talking to Keith this morning, oh. and it's another brother that used to work at Summit Bible College, and and we're just talking about Dr. Victor, and he he has been so essential. His testimony is like he's just raw, 
testimonies of his life and what he went through have really given me like strength because I know it's possible. Like he said, what seventy three years old and yeah, he's, he's still strong and he's still like like he's still doing a really active and still loves his wife and his testimonies have really like. Help me to know that I'll be able to make it through and the situations that I'm going through. I, I'm not by myself. Mm-mm. It's been it's been really yeah, awesome. and like some is like it's like there's a lot of heat there in the respect of because we know what we're working toward. We're equipping Christian leaders to help those in need. We know what we're teaching. We're yeah. teaching about the values of the Word of God in the morning meetings together. We're reading the Word of God. We're worshiping. We're praying. Like for me, when I step into Summit, it feels hot in the respect of like I feel convicted and I feel like I owe it to the Lord to be authentic in like what it is that I am living in my house needs to be, I need to be living the same way as I am in front of people. So summit has created a culture for me of accountability, like for 15 years, for the long as, as long as I've been there, like I can even remember when my husband and I were engaged and just like, you know, the struggle of remaining pure, you know, when you're not married, it's like hard, you know, but you know, inside your heart, that you want to wait until you're married because the word of God talks about that. And it's an honor to you, to your own body and to your, your future spouse's body to wait. And I remember, you know, fulfilling that by the grace of God, David and I waiting, but summit was such a huge part of that because I felt like I couldn't be on the radio show preaching this stuff. I couldn't be serving if I was living a double life. It just made me feel like sick inside. And I had moments where I fell flat on my face and I sinned and I would like go to people like the women at the college. There's been several people that I've worked there over the years, but I would like confess my sins to them and just get prayer because the word of God talks about like confess your sins to one another, you know? And it's like, it needs to be appropriately done. Like I think that men, when it comes to sexual health, need to be talking to other men, um, especially like, yeah, for sure. When it comes to stuff like that. Um, and you know, we have a lot of good counselors here in this community. We have great ministers here in this community. Like there's plenty of people who can take it and who want to. And like, for me, like young women that come to me when they share stuff with me, I'm like honored, you know, and it's way better for a young woman to come to an older woman about something they're struggling with and a young woman to come to like a man if possible, like about specific issues. Do you know what I mean? And so I feel like the sexual stuff is, you know, you guys talk about that a lot. You know, my brother, even people in my family share about the struggle with pornography. It's real. Um, but like women struggle too with sexual stuff. Like women struggle with, with pornography too. Women struggle with impurity because you know we look at pornography differently than you guys do but a lot of the pornographic images that are so rampant even in our culture today they're like going like the way that a woman a young woman especially like looks at that is they think that that's the ideal that they have to replicate that in order to be like loved and so you have women who are like essentially like living out like the image of pornography because they think that that's what what the man really wants and like in reality that's not what you guys really want like it's so um cheap if it weren't cheap it wouldn't make you feel gross when you were done watching it and i don't know anybody who watches pornography that feels like good about it after even if (laughs) you're not a christian like no one feels good about that after because when you sin you feel hung over after you feel the effects of that. And so thank you for sharing all of that. And I think your men's conference, I know that you're going to provide support in your men's conference for men Absolutely. who are struggling. And isn't prayer going to be a big part of it? Prayer is going to be a very big part of it. In fact, all these gentlemen are gentlemen of, of prayer. 
and in fact the you know the whole theme of it even with the gentleman uh the the strong man in the front of the flyer which it's a soldier that's on his knees and i felt like um the lord brought that image to me and in fact i didn't really recognize it until after i put it there that he was on his knees and i felt like the lord was like you are strongest on your knees you know men have a the you know that we we constantly uh, lean upon our own work and our own strength, you know, to take care of a lot of things. And in fact, that's one area about my father that I, uh, I, I, I love, but at the same time, I recognized that that wasn't the way I wanted to go because I saw that he, uh, he's definitely a strong man and that's the way he was taught. But I saw him work so hard that he wasn't able to spend as much time with the family. Like we had a whole lot. Like we had a house, you know, uh, kind of in the, the Black Beverly Hills or whatever you call it. We <laughs> call it Windsor Hills, you know. And, I, and, and but I saw him literally, literally struggling, struggling, trying to become or trying to be something. When I recognized, I felt like the Lord started showing me, "This is not what I want you to do. I want you to rest on me and lean on me and trust me." And when you look at Jesus, you see a, a man, a strong man, that relied on the Father's direction. And he relied on the Father's wisdom. And I feel like that is what he has, is calling. I, I, and I do, I feel like this is a, a, a generation that he's calling to lean upon his ear and to listen to his voice. Like there's something about being Peter. Uh, and there's another something about being John. You know, and I love John. When I look at John, I see Peter uh, when he when he he was crucified. And, uh, you know, I mean, when, when he he wasn't Peter. He died on I think upside down. Upside right? down, and you see so many people died upside down. And when Peter asked Jesus, "What about this one?" You know, and he said that, "Don't worry about him. And, you know, just take care of your own. You know, you have to go your way." When you look at at John's life, you see that he was. So loved by God when he, we don't even know how John died. Do we know how he I died? I think he was on the island of Patmos. Yeah. You know, and when and I looked at Revelation, so yes. I when I look at his, his history, I'm like, I looked at Patmos the other day and it looked like he was on the island. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful blue waters. And I was like, man, I want to be like John. I want to be, I want to be, have my, my ear to the, you know, to the Lord's bosom and lay before him. Because I do believe that he's bringing, um, uh, you know, where, it, where you used to fight. And and fight and struggle by with the your sweat own of your neck, brow. by the sweat of your brow, and God is bringing uh, a generation of, of of strong men that lay before Him and trust Him and are led by the Spirit of Lord, the Lord, especially in the time we're living in. Especially uh, Brendan uh, Holthouse, where he talks about the financial system and the different systems that are crushing and falling down. We're going to have to be a generation where we're going to have to be able to hear, hear the Lord's voice because we're being locked out of different things. So we need to know what direction we need to take. And you can only find that with leaning up on the Lord to take care of your family for our food. We're going to have to lean up on the Lord and find the Lord's direction. It's not going to be. A, I feel like things, the, the world is shifting. And the world is shifting into a different place than it used to be for so long. And now it's, uh, I feel like we're in a, uh, and it's almost like, you know how they went from the Iron Era, like the Bronze Era to the Iron Era. It feels like we're in the midst of this shift with AI and all these things where we are going to have to find out new direction for our lives. And it's only going to happen by leaning on the Lord's voice. And so I do think that that is the crux of this, uh, the men's meeting is Jesus is getting to know Jesus, learning to hear Jesus even more, learning to lean upon his voice even more, learning to pray and get out of doing things with our own strength. You see the man, he had he was full of, uh, on the fly, he had uh, armor on. But the Bible says, it, it says when you've done all, you can't just stand. 
and and, and we're called to stand and and lean upon the Lord and trust that He's going to take care of our family. You know, we, you could try to strive, and I, I saw my father strive to try to put things to, to, in place, and he was striving with his own strength. But if and I look at it now, I said, if he would have just leaned on the Lord and just rested on the Lord, he was he got sick trying to fight for his family and bring his family into the right place. And I watched it with my eyes. I w- would have to pray for him every morning. He would like. Like stress of this world would just call his body was breaking down, and I would just I would just pray with him in the morning, and I I, I and I saw that okay it's not in your striving it's with laying on the Lord and really trusting in Him and I do believe that the conference is going to have some um, it's going to have some what men have to do but it's going to have a lot uh, about how to lay upon the Lord and how to trust the Lord in the season wow. to come and how to hear His voice how to know? rest how to rest. Israel missed the rest of God trying to strive and trying to be something and trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to work things out, you know, and I believe that, that God wants a, a body that, that rests and trusts him and is led by his spirit, you know. Goodness, that was so amazing and pure to listen to you speak about, you know, how we attain. It goes into those questions that you came up with, Tyler, of like, what are ways that you can be healthy? And you just answered such a huge part of that, the whole part of it, spiritually. Just like, learn how to wait upon the Lord. Learn how to listen to his voice. So good. Tyler, do you have anything at all that you want to add to anything that he said or any questions or... Dude, Nishan covered like everything. (laughs) We're done now. Bye, guys. See you later. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Tyler, what are some ways that you're preparing yourself spiritually as a man as you get ready to get married? Because that's yes. a goal that you have for the next year or so or two years. That right? is that is the plan, yeah. yeah. Well, I won't disclose when, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I... We talked not about even it. just for marriage. You know, like, just to... You're not doing it for marriage. You're doing it for you and for God. Yeah. But there's a huge level of responsibility that comes on a man when he gets married mm-hmm. and so i think that that's what i meant um, yeah. but you're either way how are you preparing yourself yeah. i think we kind of talked about it a little bit but like starting off like what i said earlier it's like we need a base yes so for me regardless if i'm getting married mm-hmm. not getting married yes. whatever i'm doing I, i'm the exact same i want to build my base and like nishan said last week just go forward drive forward just keep pushing on. So honestly, nothing really changes if I'm getting married. Yeah. But uh, but just staying true to myself. I think you had a lot go on when COVID hit because you basically, everything was stripped from you. That was important and that really spoke to your yeah. identity, like sports and everything. All the sports shut down. You know, he was a junior or senior in high school and you had to ask yourself, like, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that through that process, you actually, it was a hard process, but you oh, actually definitely. learned yeah. Like how to be the same no matter what. Yeah, and through we, fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, that's like we were talking about identity. It's like I kind of had to go through that phase of I had my identity put into sports and tennis and all that fun stuff. So when all that stripped away, it's like, oh, who am I? My foundation, my base was not set in Christ. It was set in sports, and so it just it collapsed. It wasn't a strong foundation. Are you grateful for that now? Yes. Really? Look, yeah, looking back on it, I mean, I if COVID never happened, I'd probably still just be playing tennis and be a little arrogant, a little... little punk? A little punk, probably a little <laughs> punk. <laughs> yeah, but it really, it really humbled me. 
which is hard. And in the moment, I would definitely not. Like, I hated it in the moment. It was the worst. But looking back on it, it's like, man, I'm grateful that that happened. And I'm grateful that you were with your girlfriend when that happened because she saw a side of you, like, a weak spot in you that she was able to, like, love you through. And I remember when my husband, before we were married, he had a very hard time yeah. in a certain stage in his life. And I've seriously like never seen him so low since mm-hmm. like we weren't even married and he's never been that low when we've been married, but he was really struggling and I didn't really know what to do with that for a minute. And then I recalibrated and was like, wow, he trusts me enough to be like weak in front of me. And like, he trusts me enough, you know, cause I think that it's a very difficult thing for a man to be in a weak spot before their yes. woman. But when like it happens and the woman loves you through it, I think that what happens is you bond spiritually. Yes. (laughs) Like you bond spiritually together in such a way that's like you you wouldn't have it any other way. Because I think things like that need to happen in order to bring us closer. So I love listening to both you guys talk. We have like four minutes left and um there's just so many things that we talked about today. I think that Uh, I would say to women listening, um, to be intentional about, okay, I'm going to get deep here for a minute. Um, be intentional about actually praying for the men in your life. Um, not just your husband or your boyfriend, but the men in your life, your pastors, your leaders, your fathers, um, your friends who are men, pray for them to know their identity in God. Pray that they'll feel a call on their heart toward God. Pray that their hearts would be magnified and that they would hear the voice of God. Pray that they would hunger and thirst for purity. Pray that they would understand how to rest. Um, Pray that they would be released from heavy burdens that are not healthy, that they would understand that Jesus died for the sweat of the brow. Jesus died so that we wouldn't have to strive, that men wouldn't have to strive, that they can go through this journey in life and be totally covered by the spirit. Pray for the joy of the Lord to be on them. And honestly, pray that you would be in a position where you don't block anything, um, like you don't block them. You don't pray that you wouldn't block them from growth. Pray that you wouldn't get in the way. The word of God says a wise woman builds her house up and a foolish woman tears it down. If you are going to a church and your husband isn't growing, ask God to show you a different church. Ask God to position your lives where you have friends that are going to edify. Um, whatever it is, even if it means woman that you have to be a little bit uncomfortable, Pray that you would have the courage to make changes where they're necessary in your life and in your marriage, if you're married, or just if you're a daughter, whatever it is, pray that you would be willing to make those changes. Because I think that sometimes, I'm not being negative or mean-spirited, we can get in the way of our husband's growth. We can try to take spiritual leadership when really God has designed our husbands to be the spiritual leaders. And sometimes they're not going to stand up because they feel like we're competing with them. So women, just stop competing with your men. Okay? Just pray that you would be who you need to be and that he would be who he needs to be. And be comfortable being a woman. Just be comfortable being a woman. Be comfortable being feminine, right? <laughs> okay, we have like 30 seconds left. Nashawn, why don't you say any last words? Pray for us and then share the men's comments really quick where they can register. You can register at www.summitbiblecollege.com. 
and um, we're on the front page. We have two links, and you can uh, find all the information there. And I'm going to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, we just thank you for every person, Lord God, that's out there that needs a touch from you. We ask you, Lord God, that you would touch them where they're at, touch their heart, that they would be able to do all that you've called them to do in the name of Jesus. We bless every person listening to this broadcast and we thank you Lord God for visiting them Lord God and we thank you Lord God for those men that you're drawing Lord God that you are drawn to you Lord God in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen. God bless this broadcast is sponsored by Summit Bible College 